0: Hello and welcome to another ICE Tech Talks podcast. I'm James Crumley, the Knowledge Research Lead at the ICE. We're here at the ICE Coasts, Marine Structures and Breakwaters event. I'm delighted that we have Darren Milsom from Jacobs as our guest. We'll be discussing how engineers can design for adaptation and resilience in response to more extreme and challenging weather.
1: Welcome, Darren, and thank you for joining. Hi, it's great to be here.
0: So to start, I guess what what are you talking about at the conference today and I guess, what are the core themes, ideas you're trying to convey to the audience?
1: So um, I'm here to uh, talk about the San Francisco Waterfront Resilience Programme. This is a programme we're doing with the Port of San Francisco, who owns and maintains seven and a half miles of San Francisco waterfront. The programme itself is looking to make the port more resilient to earthquakes and different flood hazards, including sea level rise. So the presentation is really an overview of the program, what we've done to date, how we're trying to address those issues. And I guess what, what I'm hoping people will take away from it is, is really um, the, the confluence of these multiple risks um, makes this quite a, a complex problem to solve. As we've gone through it, it's involving more and more and more stakeholders and it's imperative that those stakeholders are really involved um, and helping develop the solutions together with the port as opposed to just being consulted on them afterwards and that's a big part of the programme. And the other key theme as we're as we're kind of doing here is around knowledge sharing. So we've done a lot of reaching out to other cities and other resilience programmes, trying to share knowledge with them, get their knowledge and best practice um, into the programme and, and how important that is to, to helping get to a successful outcome.
0: And I guess how, how are you and your team approaching this sort of complex project in San Francisco and I guess understanding those challenges and the condition of the assets?
1: Yeah, we started off the programme doing an extensive multi-hazard risk assessment. So we took um, a look particularly at the earthquake risk and the coastal flood risk and really sought to get a deep understanding of what um, the consequences were of those uh, risks occurring and what the receptors were along the waterfront. So buildings, transport, utilities, maritime structures, um, cultural heritage, the public realm, the environment, and disaster response um, capabilities within the city. Um, It was primarily focused on the northern Three and a half miles of the waterfront to begin with, and that gave us a good, um, a really good understanding of that section of the waterfront. And then after the contract started, the port entered into a flood study with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, who are responsible for the federally funded flood risk reduction in the United States. That that really extended the reach out to the full seven and a half miles, and so it's a. It's an important piece of work, working with the Army Corps of Engineers, because they um, they can appropriate federal funding towards fixing the problem. And it it could be quite a big problem to fix. So the shoreline needs to be elevated, um, depending on what, what sea level rise forecast you look at, um, could need to be raised by 7 to 10 feet at some of the lowest points along the waterfront. So it's... Um, it's potentially extensive amount of work. And that has a lot of knock-on impacts to other infrastructure as well. So um, it starts to impact a lot of the transit infrastructure, the utilities, the wastewater network, and so it it starts increasing the complexity of of what we're doing and how all these things interact.
0: And the the, the added, I guess, element around earthquakes, I guess is that added a an extra layer of challenge upon something that would already be very complex and challenging for the team already. And I guess how are you? How's that impacting the, the approach, the designs, the plans so far?
1: Yeah, it does definitely add some complexity around um, the the designs that will need to come. It added some uh, some complexity around the flood study as well. So we or the our client, the port. Um, managed to get some changes to the way that the core considers um, the benefit-cost analysis of its projects. Ultimately, building a resilient structure in San Francisco, because of the earthquakes, is going to cost a lot more than building the same structure in New York, for instance. And so that potentially put West Coast cities at a disadvantage when it came to considering the benefits and costs of the uh, work that was being done, um, so uh, there's now a change that means they re- they remove the cost, the additional cost of the seismic resilience of those structures from the assessment. So we get a like for like comparison between west and east coast. It it also comes into play because of the because we're trying to address multiple risks. Mm. An earthquake could occur tomorrow. There's a approximately seventy two percent chance of a, a significant magnitude earthquake happening in the next twenty years in the San Francisco Bay Area, but it could be tomorrow. The sea level rise challenge is obviously one that's um, that's approaching. We do have some flood, flood risk along the um, waterfront, but it's obviously increasing with time, and so that comes into play as to when we want to when is the best place and time to make the investment. Um, Do you make it resilient to earthquakes now to get the benefits? The counter to that is maybe you you wait and you let the earthquake occur and you go in and fix it afterwards. But you've got a plan in how you're going to do it.
0: And what impact, I guess, is more extreme climate having on, I guess, the asset conditions, performance and uh, the degradation?
1: So one of the issues that we're grappling with in particular is um, as we're looking to elevate the shoreline, the port has a lot of overwater infrastructure. There are um, numerous piers and wharves that are um, out over the bay. I mentioned the seven to ten feet if you're making that kind of elevation gain at the shoreline, how you then um, elevate the um, overwater infrastructure to meet the land, to maintain the port as an entity um, and its ability to to continue to be um, raising funds. And what we're finding as we look at the piers is that with increasing sea levels, one of the biggest issues is actually the reduction in the amount of time that maintenance staff can get underneath the pier to maintain it. So that window of maintenance is decreasing through time. A lot of the assets that the port maintains are very old, 60% of them greater than 100 years old. So maintenance is very important. And actually that that window reducing starts to become a potentially a crunch point as yeah. to um, limiting the life of the assets and requiring them either to need to be raised or re- replaced.
0: And I'm guessing that's a deadline that's approaching faster than, than anyone expected and faster than probably we realised 10, 20 years ago. Yes, absolutely. And I guess how can engineers create more adaptive designs to, I guess, future-proof coastal assets and the assets in San Francisco, for example?
1: So I think we continue to see innovation in materials and technology, um, which is fantastic. I think the innovation that we need to see is maybe around... Um, a changing mindset and trying to work with nature instead of against it, trying to embrace more engineering with nature concepts. One of my colleagues is is here at the conference speaking around Tyndall Air Force Base, um, where that approach has been implemented, um, trying to work with, with nature and move away from um, so much uh, concrete and hard solutions.
0: Are there any solutions, I guess, that you know, are missing, or that could add to the, I guess, the the tool of solutions that engineers have got. You know, is there anything that's on the wish list that you'd like to see over the coming years to help uh, help with these challenges?
1: Yeah, so I guess the, I think the one thing that, um, and I touched on maintenance just now, it's probably uh, our assets aren't maintained as much as they could and should be. Um, it's something that unfortunately perhaps doesn't happen. And then those assets' um, lives aren't as long as we would hope. They end up getting replaced. So there's a false economy in there, um, which which is impacting both the resilience and the sustainability of these assets. I think if I could change something, it would be trying to get um, asset owners to better maintain their assets for for us as an industry to, to have more of a focus on asset management, trying to get as much life out of existing assets as we possibly can, and yeah, to be more sustainable.
0: Oh, an excellent point to finish with. Well, that's uh, yeah, all we have time for today. Thank you uh, to Darren for joining us and for sharing your thoughts. You can learn more about this topic and find more podcasts, videos, and other resources on the IC Knowledge Hub. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.